You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post game podcast. All right, here we go. We do a podcast for you on this Wednesday. Al Dukes, nice to see you. How are you? Oh, Al. That's right. Al is actually away. Al had a very interesting little run here. He was away last Monday and Tuesday, came back Wednesday, didn't feel good, and then was out sick Thursday and Friday and off all of this week. So you will have Al back on Monday when, ironically enough, I am out. So that's how that goes. So joining me this morning, his name is Anthony Gallo. What's up, Gallo? What's going on? I don't know. You tell me. I just did a show for four hours. Yeah, this is the only reason why I came in this week was for this. Oh, look. See? Yes. This is what we're talking about. I hope you got your chock full of topics then. Oh, I have nothing. Well, that's your job, and that seat is to come in with the topics. Is to come up with the topics? I yes. do have a couple topics. I, I sat hope on, so. I sat on the train Monday going okay. to Jersey for a friend's birthday. Where'd you go? Uh, Middletown, not far from you. Yes. Um, so and, and another to... guy that comes near me and does not just say, hey, what's up? I'm around. Yeah, well. That's fine. I was supposed to get there. I left at 1240 from the city. Supposed to get there at one fifty, two o'clock. I didn't get off the train, and I got off two stops early to at 450. Why? Signal problems. Every oh. other train, left and right, was moving. For some reason, our train would go a stop and wait 20 minutes. So when did you get off? At Matawan? I got off at, uh, yeah. It was either Aberdeen, Matawan, Matawan. Aberdeen, yeah. yeah. Jesus. That's awful. It was terrible. How were people on? See, there was a, there were a lot of videos posted. I guess there was, I know Al had to sit on the tarmac when he came back from Indian, Indianapolis the other day. But there was one flight last week or this weekend, I forget which one, where they had they wound up stuck on the plane for three hours, and that's a long time. It's one thing when they tell you it's going to be a little bit, and they got to get the gate. Three hours, another story. And in the videos, people were pretty calm. That's a long time on the train. Were people freaking out or no? There was a the girl next to me when we got towards like the end. I was going to Middletown, which is there's only like three stops after that. Yeah, she was starting to get like pissed off, and that was my biggest thing. Was like everyone just keep calm. Everyone's miserable right now. But the train is better than getting stuck on the plane. The plane yeah, well, you're hot. on the ground. Yeah, that's true. The train, they kept the AC on. Like, it wasn't weird. It was just yeah. frustrating. Like, I fell asleep for a half hour, woke up, and we were in the same spot. Oh. Now, <laughs> why did you wait? Why wouldn't you have gotten off that first stop and took an Uber at that point? Well, because it was so far from where I was going. Because I was coming and from And you Penn didn't Station. realize it was going to be four. Yeah. And if, probably... it w- if I would have known, I would have just bit the bullet. Or I would have, because friends of my buddy are from Bergen County, North mm-hmm. Bergen and stuff like that. I would have just Ubered to them and drove down with them and would have got there. Because basically one of the kids had to come get me in Aberdeen, Madawan. Mm, okay. Yeah. It's funny, too. You think about now, in 2023, you can also deal with that delay a lot better with the phone. Yeah. Like, you can keep yourself occupied. You can play games. You can make a phone call. You can text someone. You can search the web. You can plan a book. You plan a trip to Aruba if you want in that time. I watched the entire American Gladiators. Or you can watch shows. Yes. Which is amazing, actually. And it may, it does make the time go by, at least. Yeah, it was... Everyone was cool. It was just, like, frustrating. And I never... And a lot of the times, I will Uber somewhere where I could get a ride. Yeah, and this yeah. time, I was like, you know what? I'll just take the train. It's a nice day out. And then you suck. You're sitting on the train. You're freezing. I have a basketball jersey on, and I'm oh. freezing, and I get off, and it's instant, like, sweat. What were you going there for? A party? For his birthday. Okay. His birthday's the third. So normally that's like my fourth of July. And then you were back on the train the next, the next day, day or that night? The next day. The next day. No, yeah, I stayed at their house. Was that at least a good ride? Right. It, easy. It felt like, you know, normally the train ride doesn't feel any different than normal. But that one, I was like, this is the quickest train ride ever. Well, and it's also, it goes to show too, Al and I were talking about this as well because of his trip to Indianapolis. 
when mass transportation, whether it's the train, whether it's the planes, whatever, even the, the, the boat, the ferry, when it is operating the right way, there's nothing better. Like when I went to, so Boomer's event this year was in lower Manhattan, right next to where the Staten Island Ferry lets you out. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Last year was driving in was torturous to the event. The traffic was so bad. And just a booming celebration. Yeah. And when I was there last year, I saw that the Staten Island Ferry was right there. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try it next year. What the hell? I'm going to give it a try. So I did. I went there. The weather wasn't great, but I'm like, I'm not changing my plans. I know that the ferry is on the on the half hour, every hour. I'm mm-hmm. good to go. I'm going. And I went there, and the, the, the boat pulled in right at the right time it was supposed to, let the people off. We got on, took off when it was supposed to. And within, like, nine minutes of leaving the ferry, I was in Manhattan, and it was so simple, and it was awesome. And then I had a, a, a flight to Rutgers played at the University of Minnesota this year. I didn't have a day to take, so I opted to stay back, not fly with the team the day before. I worked, went right to the airport, got on the plane, got there in plenty of time. Now, if something would have went wrong, I was screwed. There's no question. But like, when it works, you can be, in that case, I'm sitting here in, in a studio in Manhattan at 11 a.m. doing a podcast and found myself taking a 30-minute nap in a hotel in Minneapolis at 3 p.m. Like, it's insane. No, when stuff works, like the ferry is a great example of, like, things that work. The yes. only time it doesn't is usually because they've had uh, staffing shortages. Fair enough. Because if they don't have, like, a certain amount of captains, they can't do it. Sure. But, from like, when Sandy happened, if the, the ferry didn't flood... They probably would have never stopped service. Interesting. Because I didn't know that. So during Sandy, the, the ferries had issues. Yes. And when Eddie used to do, I always laugh because I always tell a story. When Eddie used to do the scheduling. Yeah. It was very cutthroat. You know, Mink, it would snow. You know, Mink walked over the George Washington to get here. So one day I'm telling him, he goes, the ferry never stops running. He goes, if you get to the ferry, you can come and work. <laughs> but it's good. I mean, for me, I've this is the probably the worst travel day I've ever had. Okay. I've gotten lucky the last four or five years with everything that I haven't had a bad travel. It ain't going to be 100%. No. That's for damn sure. Like, I last year I traveled. I didn't travel at all this year. But last year I traveled, and I didn't have any flight issues. But, like, we went down last year for the 4th to Florida. I left a day early. Fine. My brother left a day later. He had to stay two days to get a flight. Yeah. So, I, yeah. It, it wasn't happens. terrible. It and people happen. if people are cool, that's my biggest thing is I am not I'm what am I gonna do? Complain and we're not gonna move. Right. My biggest thing is when other people start getting out of hand and it's like, all right, calm down. Now, before we move on to your other topic, <laughs> I have a problem with you. You have a problem with me. I do. I have a, a little bit of a problem with you. So you came in, you disrupted the show this morning, uh, during a break, which was fine, no problem. <laughs> I was all good with that. And you presented what to us? Wendy's. Delicious Wendy's. It was delicious. <laughs> I've had three perfect days of eating, exercise, sleep, but God damn it, you put that in front of me, and it was a burger. So you thought oh, they was. were just breakfast sandwiches. I thought they screwed up the wrapping, so you they gave me it. a bacon cheeseburger. Okay. When I tell you it was outstanding, <laughs> but now I feel like I got off what I was doing. Well, It's your fault. Well, I blame everyone here because you guys eat very well the entire show. And Eddie can't always eat everything. Well, I guess Boomer can eat whatever he wants, and it's fine. But, like, I end up eating this stuff because it's there, and it's like, oh, I might as well. I ate, like, crap this weekend, so for the next day, my diet is back out the window. It is. It's always amazing to me at this place when food is delivered. People you haven't seen in forever show up out of nowhere. The sales team. Well, no, not even, not even. Some guys I've never met before. People from the other station. I always, you know, I always think like when we have food delivered here and it's mentioned, we have people from other stations and it's, listen, it's all the same company. It's fine. I don't care personally, but you see all these people that come over and start eating the food. If there's something going on at 1027, I ain't going up there. And I don't think any of us go up there either. Unless they do something outside of wins, but that's usually for everyone in the building. Yes, and they put it out in the hallway in a yeah. spot where everybody feels. Where you can see it. Yeah, 100%. But, man, just crazy, oh, crazy Oh, and stuff. engineering. I love engineering. But whenever there's food, that, they have, like, four walls to get to where their office is, and somehow they smell the food, and they all come out at the same time. Uh, engine, Dad is, like, on lockdown. Yes. Yeah, you can't get in there. So It's like a free T-shirt. April will find that free T-shirt and commandeer it. Understood. All right, what was your other topic? Well, I guess, do you guys do sports? During this? Yes. Have you met Al? I well, I never know when Al wants to talk sports. We do sports usually in the morning between well, my, five and six, a little different take on it. And then during this, no, this is like just Well then I my was. other topic was on that train ride, I watched the American Gladiator documentary. Okay. Which was awesome. 
I mean, I used to watch that show as a kid. Yeah. I'm a big wrestling fan, so to me, that was just real wrestling. Right. And I, I feel like this is right up Al's alley. I guess it's not a true crime documentary, but it has a lot of, like, scandal in it. American Gladiator? Yes. The TV show? Yes, how poorly it was created. They just had these guys going out there, no safety, nothing. They were just like, you're really strong, maybe you're an ex-athlete. Go out there and run into this average person that we've just founded. But I don't remember, I just remember, like, I guess the latest edition of it. But, like, early on, they had guys, it would be, like, me running up against, like, Boomer in his prime playing for the Bengals. Really? Yeah. And it was, I was fascinated by it. It's not the 30 for 31. It was, they did one on Netflix. It was four parts instead of the two that they did on. Okay. The 30 for 31 I didn't watch. That was a show I I used to watch a little bit. Like, if there's nothing on and I came across it, 100% I would stop on it and I would watch and even I saw one the other day with a girl who was, uh, I think she was 16 years old, maybe 17, in unbelievable shape. And she set some sort of record for 18 and under or whatever it was. And she was ridiculous. I mean, it was, it was fun to watch. But that's the newer version of it that's kind of all glitz and glory and lights. And it looks great. Well, I th- assumed it was fake until I watched this. I mean, like, I again assumed. We're talking about the same show, right? Like the obstacle where it was course. like the six. It was like this. I, I they guess, had to run up the pole, up the wall. They had like the one thing you had to run up the wall. They had the one game where they shot the tennis balls at you as you tried to get like the beacon or whatever. Okay. And they they had the uh, they would stand on the two. Uh, I guess they were like pillars with the like the I don't know what you would call it, like the the big baton like a big stick with two pads on the side. Maybe I'm thinking of a different show. Um, the one game I don't remember this. American Gladiator was like. Uh, they had like it would be like the six. They were like athletes, like big. They all looked yeah, like they were yeah, on steroids, yeah. and they'd wear like the leotards. And then it would just be like a Joe Schmo. And then later on, I guess they started actually picking some athletic okay. people. I might be thinking of a different show. Okay. Um, are you thinking of American Ninja Warrior? That's what I'm thinking. American of. Ninja yes. Warrior is awesome. That's what that's I'm real competition. Of. That though. show I enjoy. Yes. I don't watch it often, but when I do see it and come across it, I do stop on it. When I was younger, there was a channel called G4 that had all... It was a video game channel, okay. but they had all these foreign shows, and they had Ninja Warrior, which was just... I want to say it was Japan, so it wasn't in English, but it was awesome. And then, I guess in the last 10 years, they started doing that one. Yeah, okay. Tiki's someone that should have done that. Dude, Tiki's been on a lot. I came across Tiki as a uh, contestant on... Not a contestant, but as one of the featured... Um, Athlete celebrities on one hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Mm-hmm. Just watched that the other day. Then he was on Family Feud, I believe. Was uh, it with Ronde? He or might have it... been. But he on Game Show Network. He appeared like two or three different times. Like what the hell? I'm going to have to ask him about this. Now. And the hundred thousand dollar pyramid was just last year, so he was here. And you have a partner in that one, right? I have a what? In in hundred, uh, what is it? Uh, yeah. So he was the celebrity. He was the celebrity uh, pairing. Oh, all right. So it was just a, a random person. Yes, it was Tiki and a random person. Then um, Joe Tessator was the other celebrity okay. from ESPN ABC. Yes, yeah. So they were the two celebrities that were given the clues and then would answer the questions from the from the contestants. But he was so good on it that he won the first round, and then they had to go for the, the I guess, first it was $10,000. Not only did they get all the pyramid answers right within the 60 seconds, they had like 25 seconds to go. And he gave the clues, and he was outstanding. I'm always very overconfident about trivia. And then, like, today, you did that trivia with Sal. Yeah. I think I got two of you them. You froze. I froze. But I would have gotten the Buzz Armstrong. I think there – yeah, and I said I would have only gotten one or two. I probably – all kidding aside, out of the 11 questions I had, I only did 10. I had 11 written down. I think as I wrote the question and then went for the answer, I think I knew four or five, but they're legit were – were six or seven, I did not know. The presidents always trip me up because I don't yes. remember McKinney or Harrison. I only know, again, those are only on top of my brain because you guys said The them only today. thing that I thought was really bad because the whole, listen, the the Buzz Armstrong thing, so he great. clearly just twisted it up. He yes. knew both of them. He was so excited. It, yes, it was funny how he screwed the name up. He obviously knew that, though. The one um, that he really surprised me on was when I asked him about the president assassinations. Kennedy, yes, of course. And Lin- like, the other two, you don't know, I get it. Kennedy and Lincoln, how do they not come out of your mouth immediately? All three of them were staring at each that, other like, ah. Yeah, that was the one. It was that, the three branches of the government. Yes. Those I definitely got, but those are easy. The other ones were tough. I suppose, yeah. I mean, they weren't easy. I mean, where is Cape Canaveral to not know well, it's in Florida? Yes. 
I, mean, I would have guessed that even if I didn't know, just because everything. The only other capes I know are Cod and Cape May. Everything else is huh. in Cape Fear in North Carolina. That's a great movie, by the way. Yes, it was. I love Robert De Niro. And it's a real place. I didn't know that, so now I know. Cape Fear, North Carolina, yes. This is my first thought is a Robert De Niro movie. All right, so here's uh, here's the final story. Uh, here's the headline. Uh, this is how we do things. Uh, now, how many guys would you say are here? Not women, men. Today? Today. CBS Six, Sports Radio and 16 us. 16 to 20? 16 to 20. Yes. Do we say 20? Uh, Yeah. We can That's, do it. I definitely push it 20. That means according to the story, two, two guys have a curved penis. This is in the New York Post today. <laughs> One in 10 men have a curved penis. I'm sorry, have curved penis syndrome, but suffer in silence. So as the story goes, millions of men in the U.S. reportedly suffer from a curved penis, but are too embarrassed to seek help due to societal stigma. The scientists dropped the uh, the bombshell during a recent appearance on a podcast, the Pediatia Atavia, whatever, his podcast. Quote, this population, I call the population that suffers in silence. They never talk about it. I can imagine. Uh, he was specifically referring to those who suffer from this disease. It's a non-cancerous condition resulting from uh, scar tissue that develops on the penis and causes it to curve, causing painful erections. So, Anthony Gallo. In pain? It causes pain, sure. Yeah. A curve. Yeah. First of all, who's counting the penises? That's the, I, I watched, not to get sidetracked, it's like I watched a documentary today and they were like, it was about sharks and dolphins. They're like, oh, one third of these dolphins has been bit by a shark. I'm like, who's down there going one, two? That I don't know. Is there a doctor that did like a, like had a hundred guys come in there and show him his penis? Well, I would think a urologist sees a lot of penis. What are they counting, like marking it in their head? Like, Well, it goes on the record, sure. Like if you have that and you go see a urologist, my guess would be this guy does some sort of study and might call 50 urologists, asks them how many patients do you have, how many are, I'm not looking for names or anything, how many have this syndrome or this disease. Okay, that And then you sense. can make a statistical study. I mean, if you called 50 urologists that probably have, I would say a urologist is 200 clients, right? If you think yeah. about trying to get an appointment, I mean, you're talking about a study of 200 times 10 is 2,000 times. That would be a legit study of 10,000 men. And I would assume that a urologist is seeing mostly older men. I guess, like... No, I've been going to a urologist since I'm 35. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, guys who have that's probably been older. suffering with this for a Oh, while. could be. That could be. Well, yeah, because, at, like, at what point... And this is... I'm not having not making fun of this. I'm dead serious. At what point, if you have an issue with your penis, are you going to the doctor? Immediately. Yeah, I would think so, too. I wouldn't think it's something you're hiding. I mean, G talked about on the air. I had two birthmarks on, on my testicles, and I went to... I thought I had uh, uh, melanoma. Mm, they were birthmarks. They were nothing. The doctor almost laughed at me. What, were they dirt spots? No, it was just... I, not even birthmarks. They were just, like, dark spots on my skin. Oh. Well, I'd be concerned about that, too. Yes, 100%. I'm also a little bit of a hypochondriac, so I try to go and. I got news for you. As we get older, we all are. Yeah. I mean, you can sit there and say you're not, but as you get older and, like, I'm at the age, I'm going to be 50 in March, to where waking up with some sort of a disease, heart disease, a str- like, like, I'm in that wheelhouse now. Mm-hmm. It's frightening. It is. And in this, I assume that there was just a natural, you know, you lean left or you lean right. I didn't think this was a painful yeah. condition. Yeah. It's uh, it's terrible. So in the case, so usually, and this is, I'm just reading from the story here. Uh, when one becomes sexually aroused, the blood flow to these chambers increases, causing the penis to straighten one stiff. Okay. However, in the case of this disease, the scarred area doesn't stretch when the penis becomes erect, causing the member to become disfigured and painful. This is making my stomach hurt. One in ten. I was gonna. That's make a jokes. big number. That's a lot. That is a big number. So that sounds horrible. It does sound horrible, huh? It also sounds painful if you are married for your wife. I would assume that could be painful. Also. I, got, I got news for you. That's the last of your issues right now. If you're dealing of course, with this, of course, you would just think that somebody along the line would be like, "Hey, we should get this checked out." Wow. Does it's- it say? How old they are when they realize they have... Um, let's see. While the causes of this disease aren't completely understood, 
uh, generally believed to be caused by repeated injury during sex, masturbation, sports, or a freak incident. In some cases, uh, it develops gradually over time, and the disease is more common as people age. The average age is 57. Okay, yeah, and that means they were living with this a long time in their life. Wow. Oh, my God. It causes the penis to bend up to 180 degrees. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Oh. Okay. I've had enough with this story now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so you're good. You don't have a curved penis. I don't. Okay. No. Just want to make that um, Now I'm going to go with, like, make sure we're good. <laughs> no, I'm good. I don't know pain. No. <laughs> I can't. I was going to make jokes at first, and then the, the no, more you read, I was like. I'm not having fun with this. This is a real story and a real study. I'm now I'm definitely going to ask my friends in the group chat about this. Or I'll just, where's this article from? I'm well, you got to find nine other guys and figure I out have which a group one chat has of like it. 15 people in it. <laughs> the funny thing is about stats is when they tell you one in 10, I suppose it's right on the grand scope of, within the grand scope of how many people there are. But there's no way that there are two guys walking around this building right now that have this issue. No. That's why when you see one in 10, that's not really true. And there's a lot of people here, like you, yes. like we just said, that are just like us, that are hypochondriacs. I mean, come on now. There's no way. But that's what stats are for, I suppose, to make you uh, aware and panic at the same time. Well, it's like the STD stats, I feel like, are yeah. terrifying. But I don't know if they're doing that for that exact reason to scare you. If you go back to when we, I will not say who it was. You wouldn't know them anyway, but I wouldn't say the name anyhow. You go back to when we were in Astoria. There were uh, there was a couple there. That's all I'll say. They both worked there at the station. Now it did, we were. In, I was in Astoria for. If I was there from '97 till we moved here in 2010, I think it was. Sound right? 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Right before. So I was there I for 14 years. Here. There were so many people that came through there. There's no way you could even make a guess of who I'm talking about. Matter of fact, not many people here might even know who they are because of where they work. Mm-hmm. But they did work for us, and I knew both of them. I wasn't great friends with them, but I knew them well. I knew them relatively well. So one of the uh, one of the the guy in the couple was in Studio C, which was the back. You were never there, right? No, yeah, I never. Okay. I literally the so first that, year I was here. Okay. So in Astoria, we were in the production building where the Cosby Show was shot. Right. Sesame Street. We were in the basement. We had the basement mm-hmm. floor. And then above us was the sales department, and promotions was up there, too. And then in the back was uh, all the production. And then the, the main studios, Studio A, was basically the Imus studio, Mike and the Man. Like, that's where we did all right. our work out of until Imus left to go to MSNBC. Is that right? MSNBC? Or was he? No, he was still in the building on MSNBC. I take that back. That was when he went over to, to 770. So th- that was the main studio, but there was another studio right in the back. It's called Studio C. That's where we ran a lot of the conf- games out of. Okay. We would have two games going at the same time. Right. And then you'd go back, and there were two production studios. It was a big square. That's how it was. So long story short, Studio C, we would do a lot of production. And I'm not going to say when, but at one point I had to go back to record some things, and this guy comes out. And so I pull up the, the computer, and he left the Google search up, <laughs> and he was searching herpes and all sorts of STDs. So I'm like, that can't, it couldn't have been him. No way. Well, whatever. I exit out. I go do my thing. Not a big deal. About two weeks later, I was working a different day part, and his girlfriend was in Studio C when I had to get in. Same exact scenario. Yikes. Where I just knocked on the door. I'm, How long are you going to be? She, Give me five minutes. No problem. I go back. She comes out. All yours. I go in pull up the thing, and she was Googling a different STD. I'm like, wow, those two are dealing with some serious stuff. At least they had each other. And Right. So I guess while I sit here and say there's no way two out of 20 have this, you know what? You don't know. Exactly. Because I would have never thought these two were dealing with anything. They were, they were great. And they just because they had it didn't make them not a great couple. No. They were. But they were dealing with serious sexually transmitted diseases. Or a disease. Okay. And this, again, terrifies me. Yes. Because you know, you don't know. Yeah. I have like, no I'm, idea. As I date, I never know if I, when you get to that point. I know that. Like, should I ask? I definitely do. Well, it's just always one awkward. word for you. Condoms. Oh, yes. But even then, you can still catch something. You can, but you, you're protecting yourself a lot better with one. I've only had one awkward experience, and I kind of was like, I'm not going to talk to you because you the way you reacted makes me think you have something. Is that true? Yes. Oh, see, that's... Ugh. 
We're dating in 2023. Oh, it's no, the worst. My wife divorces me. I'm out. There's no. Done. <laughs> he just married Jerry on the dating apps. Nah, I would, I'm <laughs> I'm good. I'll play it's terrible. And hang out with my kids. So it is. I and I yeah. I'm in it right now. Very enthralled in it. Good luck to you. Yes. All right, we gotta go. Well, thanks for doing this. Was this was fun. Thank yeah, you for inviting me on. Yeah, man. That is Anthony Gallo. When are you doing the show with me and G this summer? Do you know yet? I was going to ask him next time I see him. Okay. Because they're back Monday, right? Yeah, yeah, Or yeah, he's yeah. back Monday. Yep, he's back Monday. I'm back Tuesday after being off Monday. Very nice. So, yeah. I got to go to Virginia for a baseball tournament. Which one? Uh, a tournament. I don't know the name of it. No, I mean, which song? Oh, uh, Joe, my little guy. Okay. So, they're actually on their way now. I go Friday, and then I'll be back late Sunday night, so I took Monday off. Might even stay Sunday night. We'll I'll see. be here. I would have taken off today, but this is the only day I'm in this week. Ah, see? Yes. You're welcome. Yes, thank <laughs> you. No, I was excited to do this. All right, Gallo, good job. We're going to uh, give way now to the warm-up show. It is not me. It is not Al. Instead, it is Flegelman and Lopresti. So uh, you have to – one last thing you have to do. I don't did that whole Sia thing. you got to give me a good Sia at the end, and then we take it right to the warm-up show. Go ahead. See ya. That's all right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, campers! Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, good morning. Happy Wednesday. That's right. The fun is over. July 4th is come and gone. Back to work, everybody. We've been here the last couple of days, and we will be with you for the next hour or so. You got CeeLo and Flegelman. There's no Jerry. There's no Al. Hopefully it doesn't suck. We'll see how we do over the course of the next hour or so. But, yeah, uh, we had the last couple of days, which was fun, with uh, Jerry and Sal in for Boomer and Geo morning show. But there was no warm-up show. So, hopefully the warm-up show enjoyed its uh, well-deserved time off. And we're back with a bang for the rest of the week. What's up, Fleeks? What's up, CeeLo? Yeah, this might be, uh, you know, the most days. This might be one of the other days. I guess we'll find out today, tomorrow, and Friday. That's right. Well, look, it, it's, uh, it's nice knowing that we can't please people because we tweeted out that, hey, we're doing the show, we're filling in, and then half the replies are, oh, finally, people are going to do sports <laughs> between five and six, and then the other half are, please stick away from sports and stay what we're used to. So it's good coming in knowing there's nothing you can do to make people happy. You cannot please everyone. And listen, I just uh, learned in the last segment of uh, Emmanuel Babari's overnight show as you were sitting in there with him that apparently I'm uh, insecure about my meat and my burgers. Little did I know I'm a big condiment guy. So that's uh, it's a tough way to start the morning. Yeah, it's wild. And after I went on with Emmanuel, I was talking to Rascona about this quickly. There are some really aggressive food takes oh, you know, yeah. on the positive and the negative. Especially I in thought this the building. whole point of America was that <laughs> you can do whatever you want. You're free to make whatever choice you want, have a blast, and people are just supposed to leave you alone. No, see, that's where you're wrong. You're free to make the choice, but they're also free to mock you and criticize you for it and tell you that you're a moron and an idiot. So that's the way that works. And we got to find some stuff that's protected. F- food choices. <laughs> Just, just let people do what they want. If I'm, if we're going to criticize everything else, let the people eat their meals in peace. Just 
leave them alone. Yes. Well, look, uh, it is uh, back to work. Hopefully, uh, you guys enjoyed the last couple of days off. I'd imagine things will get back to normal a little bit around here the rest of the week. And for most people, you know, going back to work the next couple of days. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed your time off. You will have Jerry and Sal coming up at the top of the hour in for Boomer and Geo. Rest of the week, we are back on TV today. So welcome back to the CBS Sports Network crew, though. I will say uh, it was very entertaining in the studio here yesterday. In the midst of us doing the show, a lot of bull riding on the network and it was um it was distracting at times i was definitely caught looking away from my script and jerry and i were chuckling to each other here in the studio so this is one of those weeks where everything's off a little bit especially when you get the holiday on a tuesday so monday was like a pseudo holiday and now we get back into the swing of things here and you have people coming in today with kind of that monday vibe they're just oh, re- yeah. they're starting the week and you know they're talking about how it was great to have a few days off and relax a little bit and then you and i are the guys staring there just like oh yeah no that sounds nice we've worked every holiday for the last I mean, for me, it's like 11 years for you, what, 15, 16? Uh, yeah, I've lost, I've lost count, I've lost track. Four-day four weekend, what's that? And not even just working the holidays, but working multiple shifts on right. holidays as well, which right. I, I did mean, yesterday. I, I made the mistake of asking you Monday after we wrap up the show, hey, CeeLo, any good plans like the next couple of days? You're like, well, you know, after I leave this job, I go to this job, then I go to this one, then hopefully taking the kids to see the fireworks, then this job and this job and this job. So I guess I'll ask you now, in between, how are the fireworks? I couldn't tell you. I never made it. The family oh, did, the wife did, the kids did the in-laws did a lot of the surrounding area friends and family made it i tapped out i was exhausted by the time i got home monday night i was like i'm gonna lay down for a little bit and well, next thing i knew it was like 10 30 and they were coming back from said event but that's all right i didn't see a lot of fireworks but i heard hundreds and hundreds of, of fireworks course, right. going off in and around my house i got i got one for you yesterday morning coming in here stopped off at wawa for a little gas a little coffee down there on uh, route nine and whatever i guess it's uh sayerville and I get out of the car, it's 10 after 3 in the morning, and the, someone's shooting off fireworks. 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> At least then it's dark. I mean, I went to my parents' house, so you know we're both Central Jersey guys yeah, yeah. originally. So I go to my parents' house, and it's like 12.30 in the afternoon, and people are shooting off fireworks. What is the point? What could right. it possibly be? Can't see the much. point yeah. at twelve thirty, and this is before the rain. So clear blue skies, the sun is out, and people are shooting off fireworks. And I know I just made the whole point about you know with food, leave people alone, let them do what they want to do. Yeah. The fireworks, that's where I'm coming after you. What could you possibly be getting out of setting off fireworks? under a clear blue sunny sky. So you're already going against your goal for America here. You're contradicting yourself a little bit because the fireworks now is not protected. You're coming you're going after the people with the daytime fireworks. No, nah, listen, I'm telling you, I'm going to give you the food. I'm attacking <laughs> the fireworks people. I hear you, I hear you. And it was a weird day as far as the weather, I guess, depending on where you were, right? Because the Yankee game gets delayed for a half hour. I left this building at about 3.30 yesterday afternoon. I went outside. It was very dark and wet, so clearly the rain had come through. And then a short drive through the Holland Tunnel back to Jersey City, and it was white clouds and blue sky. And then when I got back home, there was a big storm coming through with hail and wind. So a bizarre couple of days, but we got the game. Obviously, look, the Mets were out in Arizona. That was no problem. But the Yankees got their game in, and all of a sudden, a couple of wins against the Orioles. You're chipping away here at the wild card standings a little bit. Harrison Bader's making a difference. Glaber Torres actually had his running legs on yesterday, maybe a little bit too much at times. And the Mets uh, continue to, this, you know, this is going to happen now. They're going to get, like Sal said this yesterday, they're, gonna get they're a definitely going to at least run. tease you. Yeah. They're going to pull you back. So that's what I wanted to ask you as we begin this morning. As a Met fan, do you even want that to happen? Yeah, it's July. I don't want to go through the end of July, all of August, and then maybe into September watching meaningless baseball. I've done that enough in my life as a Mets fan. But as a Jet fan, you've got training camp right around the corner and the excitement of Aaron Rodgers and all the possibilities for the season ahead. And I get it. You can't live and die with training camp practices, especially since they're not televised, unless you're going to go to the open ones and the preseason games are you know, for the birds, and Rodgers probably is barely going to play. But if it's a year where the Mets crash and burn, at least you have the promise. I mean, everyone gets excited for football season, but it's extra special for you and the Jet fans this year. It is, but that's also still almost two months away. Yep. That's one day a week. And I'm somebody that, you know what, I can enjoy two. At least let me maybe find out what it's like to enjoy two teams giving me good performance at once. Like I remember in 2015, Mets are on their World Series run. The Jets are off to a very good start that season. They're playing well. It wasn't a bad Like, I didn't hate having two good teams to root for at the same time. So, yeah, for the Mets, 
give me some kind of run here. Give me something. Give me something worth watching and give me something to root for over the next two months. So you're not in the camp of this season's going nowhere. They've dug too deep a hole. Sell it off now and get what you can. Listen, I might be there in a couple weeks, and I'm of the mindset now, yeah, if they're in the same spot in the standings three weeks from now that they are now, then absolutely sell off. But between now and then, they're going to have 20 games, so why not go on a run? I I don't have to think it's going to happen. My brain's not looking at this team and saying, well, they're built to go on a run. But from a fan's perspective, well, why not? You know, they have to play another 15, 20 games before things get really important before the trade deadline, trade deadline anyway. Yep. So why not go out and win a bunch of those games? We see some team kind of go on a run to the postseason every year, regardless of what they do in the postseason. Why, If you're a Mets fan, why not just root for that team to be you? I, I don't understand the point of rooting for a team to be out of it this early in the season. Yeah, I don't necessarily root for it. I think from the fans' perspective, yeah, listen, all things equal, all things considered, you want to see your team perform well and be in the mix. I think back to where they were last year, obviously in better position, and as disappointing as the return was at the trade deadline, right? And now they're in a spot where they're not obvious by, and I know, we, like you said, we got a couple weeks to go, so they're not obvious buyers. They basically just paid $4 million bucks to acquire this middling reliever from the Mariners. Right, they bought a mediocre reliever. Yeah, you still have the stink of Daniel Vogelback and Darren Ruff and Michael Givens from a year ago, and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh, confidence right now surrounding Billy Epler. So if I'm not a Met fan, but if I'm putting myself in their shoes, it's like you, you feel a little uncomfortable if they're going to be sort of in that no-man's land and you wonder how they're going to handle it this year as opposed to last year, especially knowing that their long-term goal is to not only hang on to their prospects – but to perhaps add some along the way to build up that minor league system so that they can promote and grow from within. Yeah, listen, I am somebody who pays, you know, I'm in the weeds, paying attention to the farm system, the front office, how they're doing everything. As Jerry called you yesterday, the baseball geek here amongst those of us that are working this week. Totally happy to accept that title. I don't understand. Like, I'm able to separate that from then. You still, when you watch the team, if you're sitting down, if your team's playing a baseball game, you know, the Mets are playing out on the West Coast later tonight. How do you not want them to win? Especially, again, this isn't September and they're eliminated and, all right, you know, you're maybe playing for a draft pick in whatever sport. This is a team, as unlikely as it is, they go on a nice little run here and then we're talking about them being two, three games out at the trade deadline, a run that um, so many teams have gone on before. They've even done that before. I mean, 2015, 2016, this team, the last time they made consecutive postseasons, they weren't in good position going into the trading deadline. They had to make moves, get better, play better, and you can make a run. So you have to separate the two. Even the fans who are worried about what Epler might do at the trade deadline, might not do what he could get right, what he could get wrong, you're still three weeks away from that. So for now, you know, enjoy as much of a heart attack as it was yesterday watching them try to win a game on the 4th of July. (laughs) The fact that they came away with a win, listen, in 162 games, you're going to have a lot of tightropes. You're going to walk a lot of tightropes. So enjoy the game that they won. Enjoy what you saw from Francisco Alvarez, Starling Marte coming alive. You know, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. Why not think for the next 16 hours until they play again? Hey, maybe Starling Marte is going to become the player he was last year and has that been his be whole great. career. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he obviously had a rough start to the year. You have to think the core muscle surgery probably played a role in getting off to that slow start. Now, you just mentioned a key phrase. You've got to separate it or separate yourself from it a little bit. So I probably didn't phrase it the right way, so I'll try to rephrase it. If you can, for a minute, take your fandom out of it, because I'm not asking you to root against your team. I'm not asking any of the Met fans. Of course, no one wants to root against their team. That's no fun. But can you at least, if you put your objective glasses on, your objective hat, admit that maybe it would be better off for your peace of mind, for your brain, for your heart, for your emotions and for the team long term, if they put you out of your misery early. No, I just don't think that. I just don't think that is the case. Okay. And I also putting the objective side out of it. And listen, this is where Mets fans come after me. They don't like this. The Billy Epler criticism is wildly out of control. Overstated. Over. I mean, the guy hasn't done the poor job that people want to make him out to be. Okay. Or paint him out to have done. And even the trade deadline last year, as much as people aren't happy with the return, and I I totally understand that, even though uh, last year Vogelback was what he was supposed to be, rough human disaster. (laughs) We know from hearing from the owner before last year's trade deadline, after last year's trade deadline, 
not trading top prospects comes from above Billy Epler. True. So when people want to go, and this is even, I agree with the decision, but if you're going to criticize that aspect of how they built the team, Billy Epler's not even the person to go after. It would be Steve Cohen. If the boss tells you, hey, go make a trade, you're not allowed to deal these guys, how am I supposed to then crush the general manager for not making a deal involving those players? I get that. But I would say the way that this team was built coming into this season, if you go back to the beginning of the se- beginning of the regular season, before anything played out the way it did with struggles in the pitching, even before the Diaz injury, and you looked at the team on paper after the Correa thing fell through, and that's you know we don't need to go back to that because you know he hasn't exactly been killing it this year, but we felt okay, this team is short a bat, if not two bats, and at some point along the way they're going to find the guy to add. But to your point, you got to give to get. So if they're not going to be giving up anything significant, how do they add that significant piece along the way to fill out this lineup? No, I understand that. And I would even counter with, you know, the one area where I thought this team was maybe short, even before Diaz was, I wanted, one, I wanted one more reliever. Yeah. I understood, you know, they want the quote-unquote optionable arms. I still don't even think it's a real word, optionable. Optionable. But I, I get the flexibility they wanted. Every team does that. They want guys they can send up and down. I still would have gone six reliable guys who are proven, and two that you can move up and down. They went five and three, which became four and four because Diaz got hurt. Right. So I wanted one more guy. I also just think on the whole, like, and this might just be hearing fans call the radio station online, calling for Billy Epler to be fired, or there's this even host talk about Billy Epler not going to have a job next year. I hate to break it to Met fans. Whether David Stearns comes in or not, Billy Epler is going to be here next year. You just watch this team mismanaged as poorly as any team in all sports for a decade, and you're going to fire a guy now because you don't like one or two moves. He, this is the same guy you know, who's been maybe the best free agent acquisition that any team has had out of the bullpen. David Robertson. Who signed him? Billy Epler. How about Brooks Raley? Really good reliever they yeah. got in a trade, right? Who traded for him and didn't give up all that much for him? Billy Epler. And traded with him from a team that we always say, well, if that team's giving a guy up, he must stink. Just stay away. Right. And Billy Epler traded with the Rays and got somebody who's been good. Give you another one. We talk about the bats. Think about the best free agent bats who were signed with a new team this year. Tommy Pham. Who signed him? <laughs> Look at Fleeks. Listen, I, and I get why fans are disappointed. I'm to disappointed bat. too. You're a Mets fan. You're sitting here in July and there's seven games under 500. It stinks. It, you know, it's, I mean, disappointing doesn't even do it enough justice, but. Billy Epler is not the reason that Pete Alonso is hitting 50 points below where he was last year and hitting below 190 in his last two months. Mm-hmm. And he's not the reason that Francisco Lindor, while definitely coming up with the clutch hit here and there, the power numbers and the RBI numbers are there, is hitting 35, 40 points below where he should be. Why Jeff McNeil went from bat- I mean, the I, this drives me nuts, and I've been saying this for months now. The American League batting title champ last year gets traded to the National League East, and he's flirting with 400. The National League batting title champ from last year now looks unplayable both at the plate and in the field. That is hard to figure. You know, Starling Marte and maybe the surgery he had as part of it. You know, guys maybe have a little bit of a drop off. Starling Marte is not 38. Starling Marte is in his early 30s. And the guy went from an all-star to now a guy who looks like he shouldn't be on the field at all. How am I supposed to crush the GM for these kinds of things? Again, the the additions he made this offseason— Outside of Jose Quintana, who, of course, the Mets sign a guy who his best trait is his durability. All he does is make 30 starts a year, and he gets hurt before he throws a pitch. But again, Pham, Robertson, Raley, they've been some of the best additions any team made in the past year. Yeah, I'm not necessarily feeding into maybe the hysteria of some of the the callers we get who will fire this guy, fire that guy. It happens with the Yankees, too. Cashman, Boone, fine. I was more specifically looking as as we approach the trade deadline because of sort of the underwhelming nature of last year. Now, I get your point. To some extent, maybe his hands were tied from management. We want to keep on keep the prospects, which it doesn't feel like they have a ton of as no, it they, is, especially they still at don't have that many. upper levels. And look, yes, Alvarez now is here. Uh, still waiting on Beatty to kind of make an impact, like more significantly than he has. And, you know, the Vientos thing hasn't really worked out at the big league level yet. We haven't seen Mauricio yet. So they do have some guys as far as position players. But, you know, feels like they're lacking in the pitching department, which oh, they, listen, at some they, point they absolutely to... are. But that's also why, you know, people go nuts about all the free agent pitchers they signed. They had to. 
Somebody oh, yeah. finally, somebody finally took over this team. Those moves, no, and looked Hasn't at the, out. the pitching system, especially when they took over. You know, the guys they have now who are highly regarded, maybe a year or two or three years away, they've all been added in the last two years yeah, since Steve time. Cohen took over when he inherited the Mets. I think people or hyperbole maybe is used too often. They heard the Mets farm system was bad. I don't think anybody realized how truly uniquely terrible it was, save for Alvarez and Beatty, two blue-chip prospects. Even with that, Alvarez at one point was considered the best prospect in all of baseball. The Mets had one of the four or five worst systems in the entire sport because they did not have a single pitcher that people looked at and said, that's a legitimate major league arm. And it takes a while to build that up. That's why you rely on old players. It's why you have to rely on free agents. And it's why, for again, for every bad, Billy Apple hasn't made that many trades with the Mets. You know, yes, the trade deadline last year did not work out the way people wanted it to. And I will still say two of the three deals he made last year were not nearly as bad as people like to make them out to be. One was a disaster. And if people just focused on that, it could be a more serious conversation. Darren Ruff came here and might have been the worst player in baseball. But even this offseason, he makes the Brooks Raley trade. Last year, they made the Chris Bassett trade. They gave up even guys now who don't look like they're going to pan out to be much for the Oakland A's, and they got a guy who was a legitimate, good starting pitcher for a year, and had he not made some really terrible comment or just foolish comments before his postseason start, might have been somebody that they extended. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, look, we'll look at it this way. It could be worse. It could be the Angels. Who yesterday find out Mike Trout is going to be out for a while with this fractured bone, and then Otani goes out the, there. The with Angels the had a bad day. Anthony Rendon, Rendon gets hurt in who, between. Who has been hurt. I mean, they got all these guys that are banged up. So in a year where again they've spent a decent amount of money, and who knows about Otani's future? And they've got uh, they've got trouble now. Out they, there they had a, they had a very Mets day. Yes, they did. Yes, they did in San Diego against the Padres. All right, let's take our first break. We're just getting started here. Warm up show on a Wednesday morning. Out of the uh, holiday weekend. Hope everyone had a good one. You got CeeLo and Fleeks till the top of the hour. Jerry and Salicata in for Boomer and Geo. We're coming right back here on The Fan. Talk New York sports with us. 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Welcome back. 526 on a Wednesday morning. You got the warm-up shows. CeeLo and Fleegs in for Jerry now. You'll have uh, Jerry with Salicata coming up top of the hour. Of course, in for Boomer and Geo this week. We are back on uh, CBS Sports Network rest of the week starting at the top of the hour. So if you want to tune in on TV, catch us there as well. Uh, this is not an Al Dukes production with the, the show. He loves his items. I got some NFL items and some baseball items and these items. We don't have any items. It's just uh, me and Fleegs talking some sports, which is always a good time. I will say this. Um... And my stomach thanks me for this. I'm very proud to say that I had uh, 62 less hot dogs than Joey Chestnut did yesterday. Uh, but very impressive of him to power through that rain delay out there in Coney Island to uh, take home the title again. Though I heard him ripping himself. He's ah, just didn't need to get into the rhythm. He won by double digits. I mean, what else do you want? What a whirlwind that whole thing was because, you know, it's canceled. Then, all right, maybe not. Joey Chestnut. Yeah, he is, seemed with, like he led the way. That we to... can't say on the radio that, you know, <laughs> we're, do, right. we're yeah. doing this thing. Yeah. You know, I'll get short these guys out of right. here. Uh, you know, and then I, as they're competing, I remember saying to my dad and my uncle, like, you know, we talk about how, think about what starting a game five minutes late has done to a guy like Garrett Cole in the past, right? <laughs> One of the best Billy pitchers Crystal in the game, yeah, yeah, starting yeah. the game five minutes late, and that's it. He's gone. He's lost to baseball players or such, you know, freaks of nature. Creatures of habit, yep. And then this competition starting two hours later, how much planning must go in at the time to like regulated meals? All right, when you're competing, you're eating this much at this time, then you're eating this much at this time. So then when them starting two hours later, I was watching it thinking this has to be affecting some of these guys, right? And then you watch it, and I'm, no, maybe not. Not they're so just, much. <laughs> I, like, I don't even know if these people have stomachs. They're just Because also all of them, when you watch it, or at least most of them, they're not in bad shape. They're scarfing down 30, 40, well, 50, 60 hot dogs. Vomiting it up as soon as they're done. I would Maybe, imagine. But, right? Like they look, you know, they look the the whole dais of people in the hot dog eating contest looks better than the WFN CBS Sports Radio newsroom at any given time. That is that is a good point and a sad commentary on those right. of us that not, work not in the Not great this for us, but <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't even look like it affects them. Two hours later, you know, then the stress of All Joey right. Chestnut's trying to get this thing off the ground. Who knows what kind of nonsense he had to deal with, you know, have the competition, there's TV, there's sponsors, 
all Legal of that. Legal wagering on it. Right. And yeah. then he still scarves down 62 hot dogs in and 10 minutes. And then was disappointed. I know right. he wanted to break his record or whatever, but I, I don't know. That's one thing that's far. I just can't, I, for the life of me, I can't. Uh, and I, look, I love a hot dog, but two max. Right. Listen, One's usually I, good. I lo- love food. I've you never know, had I mean, more than two right. in one day. Two is more than enough. Yeah. And zero there yesterday. Are t- there are times where one is enough. Yeah, that's what I mean. Usually it's one, maybe two if I'm real hungry. I'm usually a dog and a one and a burger, one of each, and a manual Bavari. Sorry, I put condiments on, ketchup, relish, whatever the case may be. Not relish on the burger, but on the hot dog. So but no, we went with the uh the slow cooked ribs yesterday from at my in laws and the chicken kebabs. So uh no dogs and burgers, a little different, but uh can't complain. I was a late arrival into the July fourth festivities. By the time I got home, it was already like after five o'clock. So uh it was a little bit of a small narrow window because then you got to get to bed of course because we got to get up at two o'clock in the morning right. and come back in here so of course last night the baseball's done because we had the day games for both teams I lay down i'm just looking for something mine left put on uh, flip on the fire stick find something to drift off to it's i don't know 10 o'clock right on the home page independence day had, to, had to put it on Problem is that's that's a movie I don't want to go in. to sleep. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's too good. You but I can't watch resist. I can't resist. Now I did. That's where you need and people I know like I stream everything. That's where you need cable TV because you have to put it on and then the second that commercial hits, right? That's when you close your eyes. Yeah, I did eventually turn it off because I I was like, all right, I, I I've got to get a few hours here. I will. Here's the there question. Was no nap yesterday. I'll be honest. I might judge you depending on your answer. During what scene do you turn it off? Um, let's see. How far did I get? I did feel my eyes starting to get heavy, which I mean, that's not a commentary on Independence Day. It's a commentary on just not sleeping at all. I'm trying to think how far I got. Um, it was it was shortly before the satellite ship started blowing stuff up. Okay. So it was so still sort of in the establishment. Very early in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't get too deep into it. I figured before things really ramp up, let me right, check right. out here or else. So I'm looking right. at there's there's being a moment where night. you know if you make it 45 minutes in, you're sticking around for the entire two hours. But yeah. Once you pass, then you're screwed. Right. There's no way back at that point. So I made the responsible decision, and I'm very proud of myself. Now, will you pick that. the movie back up next time you're in front of a TV? Um. Probably not, just because we're shifting back to night games now for the baseball locals these next few days. Right? Yeah, boy, yeah. Not double night games tonight. I've got SNY tonight. So it, it doesn't quite afford itself the same opportunity, but, you know, we'll circle, we'll circle, circle back at some point. And here's one more Independence Day question for you before we get back to the yes, baseball more and the Yankees. matters. Yeah. Your son is, older son is like seven, seven right now. Yeah. Okay. At what point do you sit him down and watch Independence Day? He's not ready for that one. I okay. think the aliens would freak him out. And then I so then I then it would well because it would it would then trickle down and end up a problem for me when you deal with nightmares right, and right, right. waking up and not wanting to go to sleep in the dark by himself and all that. So, I, feel, I feel like I was like maybe like ten, eleven the first time I sat down and watched that movie. Yeah, I don't remember how old I was. Uh, well, let's see. It came out and I was already ten when it came out, so probably that. But I showed him couple maybe when he was five, Ghostbusters, thinking that was harmless and that. There were a few things that freaked him out there. So I still have that tucked away in my head. So I don't want to totally traumatize him. Is that one of the him. movies you were talking about this uh, the other day? There's a lot of 70s and 80s movies that were rated PG that you revisit now and go, hmm, I don't think that'd be rated PG today. Yeah, there's a couple lines in there. At least in Ghostbusters, though, it's pretty subtle. But you did have the um, the situation with Bill Murray and um, Sigourney Weaver when she kind of becomes possessed and when she becomes... Uh, Whatever I'm blanking on the name now, but there was she was saying she had said some inappropriate things along the way that again over his head, but it's the kind of things you don't want him. These kids are sponges, and then they take it to school right. and they start oh, listen, saying it. Probably and, things we probably saw heard him the first time I watched the movie goes over our head, and then you go years without watching it, and then when you revisit it, you're like, yes, oh, right. oh wow, with things we missed as right. a kid. You know, oh, that's pretty good. They mix in stuff for the parents, which is nice. Absolutely, the animated movies a lot too. Which I, as a parent, appreciate now. Oh, yeah, a lot of Little them. subtle do. things. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we had the delay for the hot dog eating contest. We also had the brief delay with the Yankees. Thankfully, though, they were able to get it in after that. And it's like, all of a sudden here, you know, Bader's making an impact. You had a good game from Glaber yesterday. We talked about how the, the bullpen's been, again, yesterday, four innings, one run, and that was in the ninth with Albert Abreu. You almost kind of kicked that to the side. I thought I jinxed Tommy Canely. Because I gave his line yesterday about how he hasn't given up a run since he comes back. All of a sudden, leadoff walk, couple of walks. I'm like, oh no, he's gonna he's gonna break the streak. But it you worked don't out get for blamed them. there because okay. that's that's the story with Tommy Canley, and it's gonna be the story every day until he gives up a run. 
Right. So but every, I did everybody's kinda... talking about it. Is everyone talking about I it? I think so. I mean, again, that's right. the story. The Yankees have a reliever who, in what, 13 innings now, has not allowed a run. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a pretty big story in baseball. Since he, since he made his season debut, his second time around with the Yanks. But on a day where, again, Aaron Judge is kind of letting you know, uh, I'm going to be back at some point. But I, I almost feel like every time he speaks to the media now and comments on his situation, it's he's trying to couch it a little and let you know, like, I might not be the same guy i'm gonna try but it's i'm i'm not i'm not feeling too good well and it's got to be frustrating for him because i'm sure he's not getting the clearest possible answers from the doctors and not that it's their fault it's just maybe an injury where and listen a lot there's a lot of factors at play here things could go either way you know if things progress as they should then maybe this is when you'll be back but a lot can go wrong we'll see it's got to be frustrating for him it's got to be you know scary for Aaron judge to think about both not coming back when he wants to this season and maybe not being the same player that he's used to being the first however long when he's on the field. You know, look at Bryce Harper and the effort he went to to be back on the field less than a year after having Tommy John surgery. Yeah. And this year he's been a good hitter, but the power's not, not there. Dynamic, right. You can tell watching him like he's frustrated. It's it's different. These guys deal with a lot. And, you know, for the Yankees, there's a lot of a lot of stuff to be positive about right now. Number one to me is Anthony Volpe. They stuck with the kid. They didn't send him down. He has the chicken parm meeting with Wells, little the, the tweak in the swing, and now he looks like the exact player the Yankees built him up to be. He looks like the guy that, you know, as much as they want to focus on pitching, the reason the Yankees haven't won in the playoffs over the last five, six years, you know this, is they haven't hit. Yep. And they haven't gone out in free agency or trades and added that new element to the lineup to change things, Anthony Volpe might finally be that new guy. When they face the Astros in a series in the regular season or the postseason, what's something the Yankees lineup has not had the last six years? It's a guy like Volpe. Wherever he ends up hitting in the lineup when we get to October, he is a dynamic, rising star level player. That's the hope. And you know, Boone said, I think, pregame yesterday that he's thought about maybe moving him back up in the order. I'd like... I wouldn't go there just yet. You know, let's really get him get him going here. It was what a seven eight game hitting streak. It got snapped yesterday. You know, that's gonna happen. You walk, you run into an open and, and it was a six there. game multi hit right. streak, which yeah. you yeah, don't see was, a lot of those anymore. No, you don't. So I mean look, he's looked like a different player, which is great. Um and and they've kind of just found a way here a little bit without Joe. I think they're right around 500 since he went down. So other teams have had a chance to kind of make up some ground. They're still holding the wild card spot. And now all of a sudden two wins against Baltimore and they're creeping up on them a little bit in those wild card standings. So it lines up well for them, right? I mean, you need one more win in this series to take three out of four. You got a not so great Cubs team coming in, even though like Jerry said yesterday, they got some guys that are throwing well that are in the ERA leaders and then you see where you're at, all you know, all star break wise. You're going to get Rodon in in the mix. I think Friday it sounds like. So, you know, a few days ago it was a lot of focus on Lemayhew and Donaldson. And while they're still not going, they have. The, I mean, Harrison Bader when he's healthy has been. And I know Emmanuel brought it up. I saw the same stat, and I I wrote it down here. Uh, since they acquired him, when he's in the lineup, the Yankees are 37 and 16. So they're basically playing 700 baseball with him in the lineup, which is 113 win pace. It's tough to argue with that. I said it to Jerry last week doing uh, part of the warm show with him. Is it fair to say that Harrison Bader, after Aaron Judge and maybe Garrett Cole, is the most important Yankee? I mean, in the lineup, after Judge, definitely. You just gave the record when he plays and when he doesn't. Even though his numbers don't blow you away, he's just a different... What he brings to the team, lengthening out the lineup, he gets the big hit, he's great in the field, it's something that they do not have. And when you have... A lot of guys who are underperforming around him. Stanton's still not where you want him to be. LeMayhew and Donaldson. And all three of those guys, because of the age and physical ailments they've dealt with, they might not be what they used to be by the time you get to the postseason. But when you now add in a Bader, assuming he's healthy, and a Volpe, that kind of offsets what the Yankees are losing with those other guys. And, you know, they go through that road trip. They win two out of three in Oakland. Even if fan, you know, they're always going to be fans that will say the A's stink. They want to sweep, and then the Cardinals they lose two out of three. Yeah, it was but a they, disappointing they three water. and three road trip. But yeah, but they're... then when you come home and you're playing the team that is directly in front of you in the standings in the division, I know you know maybe a team kind of in between you guys in the wild card standings. Astros right there. As I think well, they're but... even. Um, I think the Yankees and the Astros are still 
Right, and they, listen, they've been jockeying back and forth a half game. Yeah, they're both Either way, the, the team that yeah. you can control beating right now is the Orioles. And they've come into your building in the last two days. They're not shorthanded. You are. And you found a way to beat them the first two games of the series. And in the first game, coming back from being down 3 nothing, scoring six unanswered runs. Yesterday, you give up the lead. The Orioles tie it. You think maybe they're about to repay the favor from Monday. And then you storm right back and take the lead and run away with the game. Those are two impressive gut check type wins from the Yankees. And they've got uh, the kid up, Randy Vasquez, for tonight's game, who's, you know, a little couple starts. He's done okay. You wonder at some point if, you know, the word gets out, the book on him, maybe that'll change a little bit. So you got the first two games, you got Vasquez, and then I don't know what to make of Luis Severino right now. You know, I, you hope that he turns a corner. You're always worried when things go south, if it's a health-related thing that's been a struggle for him. But then you've got Rodon coming back into the mix Friday against the Cubs. Back to the judge point for a minute, and you were what you were talking about a couple of minutes ago before we take a, our next break here. I just have to think that he watched, and I'm not saying it's the same injury, it's the same part of the body. What happened to DJ LeMayu second half last year once his toe injury arrived and what's happened to him so far this year? And, you know, he's not going to get the same attention and criticism that Judge would, especially now with the contract and the expectations of Judge, both from an individual standpoint and what the team is supposed to do when he's out there and when he's healthy. So I have to think that to some extent is weighing on his mind. And you hear these, hey, look. I'm feeling a little better, but I still can't run. It's going to linger all year. Surgery is probably going to happen, but we're not going to do it. He's putting all these things out there, I think, to let you know, like, I'm going to do what I can, but let's temper the expectations a little bit. And from a Yankee standpoint, like, we talked on some of the, the positives, but if he's not going to be dynamic, it's it's hard to believe that they're going to be a team that makes noise in October. I mean, it's almost impossible to leave Teams just don't overcome the loss of a guy like that. Even people point to the Braves losing Acuna two years ago and winning. Well, the Braves also traded for four good major league outfielders to offset the loss of the one guy. Yeah. You can't just replace a guy like Aaron Judge. That's why he got the contract he got in. When you listen to Judge speak, you know, you're right that he's kind of trying to manage expectations, but it feels you, that you, way. you hear with him that he knows what the injury can be. He knows, I'm sure, not just what DJ's gone through, but what other guys, and he's looked at probably the recovery of every single person in the sport and maybe other sports that's dealt with this injury. And he feels a responsibility. He's what we hope for in athletes. You know, it weighs, I'm sure, on Aaron Judge that he knows that the team expects and the fans expect even more from him this year than they have in the past, including his record-breaking season last year, because of the contract he now has. They expect more from him because he knows as well as anybody else that he hasn't performed up to his own standard in the postseason. So now he has that pressure with, you know, this is the year I'm finally going to break through in October and put this team on my back and try to get to and maybe win a World Series. And now he's dealing with something physically that could stop him from doing that no matter how determined he is. It's a tough spot, and I, I know he's making a ton of money, that so he's ultimately fine, but I do feel bad a little bit for Aaron Judge because I respect the athlete that really takes it upon themselves to be more, and Aaron Judge is that kind of guy. It's why we respect him so much. And he's one of those guys on the list the last few years that, while great in the regular season, hasn't hit much in the postseason when he was healthy. So imagining him if he should enter into October at significantly less than 100%, uh, it just makes it all that more difficult. But that's a long ways off. We still got to get through the rest of the regular season. Trade deadline's not here. We haven't hit the all-star break. So it's fun to talk about for now, but uh, there's much that can change between now and the end of the season. All right, we got to take a break. Coming up on the other side, yesterday I brought to light and reminded everyone, hey, you would have been George Steinbrenner's 93rd birthday. We had the fun with the audio with Mike and Chris. I left out another birthday, July 4th, a significant member of the Yankee family, we will dive into that when we return. You got CeeLo and Fleegs on the warm-up show. Jerry and Sal coming up at the top of the hour. In for Boomer and Geo. Coming right back on The Fan. We know what we think. What do you think? Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. All right, back on the warm-up show. You got CeeLo and Fliegelman for the next three days. Well, we're almost done with this day as far as the warm-up show goes. We got Thursday and Friday as well. Our good buddy Brian Rascone is with us today. And uh, let me tell you what, he's very fired up to be here. So it's nice to see Brian on a holiday week. And here's my goal, Fleegs, for the rest of the week. 
uh, you and I need to disagree on something and have like a big argument or fight. That's I want to I want to get you mad at me or vice versa. We'll see if we can pull that off between now and Friday morning. I don't know if I can get mad at you, but I'm sure we could find something in the world of sports. Oh well, that's or a movies death. Or very we'll, we'll easy. find something. Yeah, we, we're gonna have we're gonna have like a shouting match on something to wake people up on one of these days. But uh, yesterday we were, of course, on July 4th, mentioning it would have been George Steinbrenner's 93rd birthday, and I neglected to mention that we have someone that's with us works here and to some extent like an extension of the radio no, station met you. this person works at the fan has right. hosted a shows legend. on the fan before and has heard on the fan most days right. dur- especially during the summer and you ignored him i you did just, you didn't want to celebrate the guy's birthday left him off the list bad job out of me yesterday that of course the great john sterling who turned 85 yesterday on july 4th and there was uh Looked like a pretty big celebration there at the stadium in the press box. There was a huge cake. They had uh, the Sterling Cam design. Looked like a you know one of these tremendous uh, luxury design cakes, which was awesome. Uh, our boss, the architect, Chris Olivero, I saw was there. Of course, Susan Waldman was there with her uh, Stars and Stripes vest on, which she always rocks on July 4th. And it seemed like there were a bunch of gifts that Sterling received, but one in particular that really stood out from one of the other local teams' leagues. Listen, kudos to the New York football giants sending over a helmet to protect John from any more foul balls that might come up into the booth and lead to viral Sterling Cam moments. That would, <laughs> Whoever at the Giants came up with that idea, hats off or helmets off to them because that was tremendous. I got a, a good laugh out of that yesterday. And this wasn't like one of those you know rip-off replicas that you like uh, put in a case or on a shelf in your house. This looked like the legit, authentic Sterling I was hearing no, on the way home. this is the same helmet that Saquon Barkley's not going to need this summer when he holds out a can. <laughs> Maybe they sent him Saquon's helmet. John, just return this, you know, come the end of August, early September. Thanks. Appreciate it. You think, talk about uh, how heavy it was. Yeah. 85-year-old man putting on an authentic NFL helmet. Because I know he was doing uh, pre- and post-game uh, this series in for Justin Shackle. You think Emmanuel had any comments on how John Sterling ate his cake? With the way he does with the burgers That's and the hot dogs point, on the 4th right. of July. Or, was he a, you know, was he he a snob with Sterling about this one, right? yeah, I would think he probably stayed out of it. You gotta John, the way you're tread using lightly. You're that cake, insecure about it. You got, you got to tread lightly there for that. He had a, a great line. I don't know if he said this on the air in the pregame show or if he just said this to uh, one of the members of the beat there in the press box or whatever. Uh, so apparently what he says is um, he's just celebrating his 39th birthday for the 45th time. That Listen, good for thought, John. I've been lucky enough to meet like him and work with him. Just the guy is a legend in every way. He's everything you'd want him to be, you know, off the air. He is that. He delivers. He's got a great zest for life. He's oh, awesome. Zest. So yeah. happy birthday to John Sterling. I couldn't agree more. I will second that. And uh, tremendous stuff from John and company yesterday at the stadium. All right. We got to step aside one last time here. You've got Jerry and Sal coming up at the top of the hour in for Boomer and Geo. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, Jerry and Sal are here. They're in the house. And if you've missed looking at their sexy faces the last couple of days, CBS Sports Network Network will be back with us here in the next couple of minutes. So you can tune them in. Sal playing the role of Geo today. Looks like he's ready to board a boat. Here at 6 o'clock in the morning. He's got the boat shoes on. He's got the nice shirt on. So uh, he's all set and ready to go here after the big holiday. You can chime in, Sal. You're allowed I to mean, talk on the yeah, morning Yeah, I show. wasn't sure what was going on here. But no, I <laughs> honestly, I wake up and I have no idea what's going on when that alarm goes off. And I just grab something that I felt comfortable in and tried to really? best I can See, I match in the dark. put that together last no, night. We no. did a lot of overnights together. You never once were anything no. like this. Well, no. that is correct. Yeah, but this is daytime, Sal. I'm not buying it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not buying that you just pulled that I swear, I swear to you. I caught the tags or ripped the tags off this morning, and this is not even the first thing I put on. WFAN, WFAN FM, WFAN FM HD1, New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.